Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> this episode of the Bear Stock Underground has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It really is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> What's up, guys? Back once again here, uh, off season episode number two. Uh, of the bear stock underground and um i don't know i just i just felt like doing something a little bit different and uh reaching out to a good friend of ours uh from the pewtercast ren dax to of course that's the buccaneers podcast and uh the buccaneers winning super bowl 55 and uh just thought that i would reach out to uh to find out uh what it feels like from a from another long-suffering fan base um to reach the summit, to 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 get there, uh, to win it all, and uh, and 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 every, all the ups and downs of this season, you know there were there was a lot of hype surrounding Tampa Bay coming into the year. Uh, they got off to a seven and two start. They had that three game uh, losing streak right before the bye week. The third loss of which was against the Chiefs in Tampa Bay. And then at the bye week, it's like rats just jumping off a sinking ship. As far as like people believing in the um, Buccaneers being the team to beat uh, in the NFC or that that Brady magic was going to carry over uh, to Tampa. And then after the bye week, they win the last four games of the season, all three playoff games and from, you know, as a wild card team, they had to win three games to get to the Super Bowl and dominated the, uh, the Chiefs who were 14 and two this year and, uh, you know, seemingly unstoppable uh, against pretty much everyone they played against. Uh, this year and uh, you know the the meteoric rise of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, to finish the season 11 and 5 to make that run uh, through the playoffs and um, you know just to see what it feels like to see if we can get a little bit of the the rub you know from uh, from that uh, you know the feeling of, of what it feels like when your team wins it all and, and especially for the Buccaneers because I say it's very similar to the Bears and the fact that it's been a long time since we've since we've had that kind of success since we've been that close to a championship. I mean, hell, it's been 15 years now since we played for a championship. You know, since uh, Super Bowl 41, so 14 seasons, I should say. So it's um, uh, it's been a long time since we were there, and um, the closest we got was the 2010 NFC Championship game, and we lost to the Packers. Uh, in that one, haven't been close. We haven't been to a divisional round since 2010. It's two wild card appearances uh, in the last two, uh, three years, uh, as close as we've gotten 
uh, lately and a lot of mediocrity in between, you know, from from 06 to um, to 2010 and then the 10 win season in 2012. That wasn't good enough. And God love you fired, unfortunately. And then the Tressman and Fox years and, and, and everything else in between. So a lot of bad football and a lot of nowhere near the playoffs uh, seasons uh, for our beloved. And uh, as Ren mentioned a few times in our conversation, uh, 13 seasons since the Bucks even made the playoffs. So I think when the Bears made their run in 06, 07, those, that was the last time the Bucks even made the playoffs. So 13-year playoff drought. Brady comes into town, they make the playoffs, they win another ring. It's un, it's unbelievable. So uh, just wanted to talk to Ren and, and um, you know, talk about the game, uh, pre, you know, review that a bit and uh, just talk about the Bucks in general, uh, what they uh, what they're looking forward to. I mean, the, we talked to him. I talked to him yesterday or excuse me, on Wednesday, d- right after the parade uh, where they had the big boat parade and and. <laughs> Like everybody was enjoying themselves quite a bit. There's the famous uh, viral video of Brady uh, walking off uh, after having a little too much uh, to drink, uh, which is awesome. The guy's celebrating a seventh ring. I mean, nobody believed he would get it, and he got it. You know what I mean? And he had to beat the Chiefs to do it, so it's not like it was an easy road uh, at all. So on the road at New Orleans, on the road at Green Bay, had to beat Mahomes and the Chiefs, the defending world champs. You know, the guy defied the odds and he did it again. And um, uh, Bruce Arians making the declarations. We're running this thing back. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're going for two. We're, we're going for another one and, uh, and everything. So uh, talked to him after that. And, um, you know, it was a fun conversation. I enjoy talking to Ren. And uh, the Bears play the Bucks, So we'll have him on again uh, in 2021, maybe as early as week one. Uh, if uh, if the schedulers uh, for the NFL see see to it, because the Bears travel to Tampa Bay uh, in 2021, so we'll uh, we very well could be the opening game of the season on Thursday Night Football uh, against the Bucks. So I think that would be interesting. Wouldn't really look forward to it because whoever plays the World Champs usually kind of a sacrificial lamb, uh, so the champs can get a a win. Uh, but you know. We've spoiled that one before. We were on Monday Night Football against the defending world champs, the Cowboys, back in the 90s, and uh, the Bears kind of bitch-slapped the Cowboys in that one. Um, even though the season didn't amount to much, we made a hell of an impact on the on the league in that first week. So, Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring in our good friend Ren Dax from the Pewtercast, talking about Super Bowl 55 and the now world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, even though that we are into the off season now, I, I figured that, um, you know, just for the heck of it, why not give our good friend Ren Dax from the Pewtercast a, a call and, and uh, talk to him about what it feels like to actually reach the summit of that great mountain of the NFL and, and win uh, a championship. So, Ren, welcome back to the show, man. Congratulations on the Bucks uh, winning the world title. And, uh, you know, how you feeling about it? It, you know, if if I would have, you know, been smarter or more clever, you know, when we started this call, I would have answered like helps on the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we talk a little bit about it off air. It's everything's everything's great. Just as just as much as you think how, how good it would feel. It feels that good. Right. Uh, especially for a franchise who I'm sure that 
you know, if you paid any attention to pre-Super Bowl coverage that you heard that of all the four major sports, they have the most losing record. Um, you know, the long drought, you know, the playoffs was like 13 years, I think, since the Bucks have been to the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's everything, you know, everything's turning up roses. And all those things that I've said for the past five years in the Peter cast that just need to do this and just need to do that. And this player is actually really good. And, and, you know, we're fine here. We just, just need a kicker and somebody not to turn the Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast ball over <laughs> yeah well lo and behold you got those two things this year finally yeah uh, you got the, the the quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over or at least doesn't turn it over 30 times against 30 touchdowns uh and you got a kicker that can put him through the uprights instead of on the opposite side of of each of them yeah and, and imagine what happens but no, I mean, Buck fans are elated. You know, there's already the talk down here is like, does Tom Brady already get to go in the ring of honor? And, you know, there's all these kind of conversations. We're running it back. We're in the middle of a 28-0 run because uh, that's adding, you know, the last, uh, you know, these last seven, eight games of the, of the season since the bye week for the Buccaneers. The last loss, ironically, was to the Chiefs in week 12 by the right. Buccaneers. And then, you know, running it through all next season with the 17 games and then, course getting the first week by and then running it through the super bowl so yeah so uh we're, we're looking at 28 no 29 no that's what we're talking about down here you know uh we're the next dynasty and when uh when uh brady retires in another three years right uh then aaron Rodgers will be ready to come down here and uh yeah that's what we're doing <laughs> We're uh, get this. We got we got a, a fan group that's actually raised the money. They did it in less than forty eight hours. Where, um, and the graphics all mocked up. They want to put a sign up in New Orleans said we that with a picture or a silhouette mm. of Tom Brady uh, and hang that up in New Orleans because that that that's who we hate as Buck fans. Sure, is, sure. is the Saints. Um, so yeah, I mean you know it's one of the, you can't. Don't be talking to Buck fans for this next year because you're not going to be able to tell us anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I know the feeling, and it, it was a, um, uh, you know, unfortunately it was baseball, which is, I'm not a baseball fan. I'm a Cubs fan. That's how I quantify that. Gotcha. Um, if it's not the Cubs, I don't care, um, and I really don't care for the most part with with the Cubs because they play so many goddamn games. Uh, yeah. in baseball it's hard to get up in arms about a 
you know, a game in, in June that is, uh, you know, game number 27 or game number 30 when they still have 130 of these goddamn things to go. And that's, you know, then in the postseason, which also takes forever and all that kind of stuff. So it's um, it was uh, but, but the Cubs won. They were the best team in the league from start to finish. They they pulled the thing out and in, you know, a memorable World Series and then going into 2017 we're bringing everybody back and and all that kind of stuff like you said you couldn't tell anybody anything as far as the the Cubs not running it back for like the next decade straight or something yeah uh, like that so you know f- you know flying high after finally you know getting back to that place and for a lot of Cub fans including myself uh, the NLCS was as far as the Cubs ever gotten they never won so watching them get to the World Series was uncharted waters for anyone who was alive at this point because right. it's like the last time the cubs were in the world series was 1945 so we're talking 60 years plus since they were in a world series so you know the odds on on somebody having been alive to remember that and still here in 20 2016 would be 70 years excuse me so, I mean, odds even worse on somebody, <laughs> you know, remembering that and still being alive in 2016 uh, to see it. I mean, it was just uh, an, 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 a remarkable experience. The Bucks only had to wait 18 years uh, to find their way uh, back uh, to the Super Bowl. And uh, luckily, they, they win it. You're perfect in the big game. Yeah, you know, that's what we do is we go to the big game and then we uh, dominate defensively and turn the game into a joke. And then, uh, you know, we're 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 the cream of the crop. We're 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 the we're the peacock. You know, I I, I really don't know what to say. It's just, you know, it's a good feeling. Um, But uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, you know, it's they did it. some of the decisions made by Andy Reid uh, going into that game with his offensive scheme were extremely questionable, mm-hmm. uh, almost insulting to the Buccaneers' defense. But uh, you know that, and his refusal to even sort of change uh, gears or have a backup plan if Plan A didn't work, uh, you know, really worked in the Bucks' favor. Uh, now I know game. where Matt Nagy gets it from, because uh, that is very much what Nagy does. Adjustment is a four-letter word. Uh, in his vocabulary, <laughs> there is no such thing. Uh, when it comes to Nagy, you just keep pounding that nail uh, until it's you know completely driven through the wood. I mean that's that's how he rolls. So uh, yeah, I definitely know where Nagy gets that from. Watching watching uh, watching Andy Reid uh, try to uh, you know the the definition of insanity: banging his head up against the wall, expecting the same thing over and over, or different results here and. Um, you know, I, I got to give credit to Mahomes. Um, that guy was unbelievable yeah. uh, in the game, and his teammates did a lot to not help him uh, yeah. in that game. I mean, from his offensive line to his receivers dropping passes. I mean, that one where he's literally parallel to the ground, he throws it 30 yards downfield and hits the guy in the face mask with the football, and he doesn't come down with it. I think it would have been a touchdown. At the very least, it was fourth and nine. It would have been the first down. Uh, that they needed, but somehow he makes that throw. And not only does he make the throw, but it's on the money. And, you know, they still drop it. That one big third down that Kel- that Kelsey dropped, dropped. that would have yeah. been a huge first down uh, for them. Hits him in the face mask or something. So it's like they these guys forgot how to catch the ball with their hands. They were all body catchers uh, on Sunday, and it worked against them like gangbusters. Yeah, you know, it's it, I, I don't understand why – 
the Chiefs didn't decide to like this is what I said on on our pod before the game, and I I went on there and we we did it. We waited till Saturday, you know, before the final injury reports came out, or we did it Friday night and came out Saturday. Uh, final injury reports came out and and seeing exactly who was who and what was playing and especially especially defensively for the Bucks, we had some guys that might not have went um, and ended up going. Uh, was you, I didn't understand how the Chiefs were actually going to score, and I know that mm. sounds weird, but that's kind of like if you watch pregame coverage, that's kind of like how the national media took it too. It's like it's like well yeah you know three linemen in different positions and the guard really is their third choice, so it makes him his third stringer, and you know Remmers is was uh, gave uh, Von Miller the MVP last time he started in a Super Bowl outside on and tackle, <laughs> uh, you know the guy's a swinging gate. Uh, and then you got a rookie on the other side and it's like, and, and they'd go and the like everyone was saying, you know, yeah, you know, you know, that's going to be a problem, but it's the chiefs. Like it wasn't like Andy Reid's going to have to max protect Andy Reid's going to have to run the ball. Andy Reid's going to have to, uh, play the bucks like the Rams did. I know I'm sure a lot of bear, bear fans, maybe not saw that game. It was a primetime game, but I think the Rams ran the ball eight times and, and they, they did, all they did was do short, quick passes. Like nothing was really over ten yards, and that's how they, you know, they had they were worried about the Bucks' pass rush, and that's how they negated it. They did it by getting the ball out quick, and Kansas City came out the gate and did that, you know, uh, for the first couple of plays. Um, I think they ended up getting stopped, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be what I think it is, okay. And then all of a sudden, it just went away, and their only underneath concept was was Kelsey who Levante David, you look at Kelsey's number, like, wow, he had a really good game. But, like, Levante but David didn't, had some... didn't, though. I mean, that's, that's yes. what's amazing, is that Levante statistically... Levante David had some... Yeah. Yes, go ahead. Well, I'm go just ahead. saying, statistically, he, he, had a, he had a dominant game. If you just look at the numbers, 10 catches, 133 yards. So, fantasy-wise, yeah, he had a hell of a day for you. But, you know, it's like, did you even notice it was 10 catches for 133 yards? I was astounded when I found out that's what, what, what Kelsey's stat line was. Yes. You know, uh, a lot of them were short of a lot of them were, you know, third down and nine and he caught it for seven yards, get tackled. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it was so it was they weren't you know, they weren't splash plays or even moved the change plays. And Levante David showed up on third down a couple of times. Yeah. uh, With pass breakups uh, on Kelsey. You know, I can't be. Uh, overstated how how well he did on Kelsey, and again, it sounds funny because you know ten catches, under thirty yards, but the whole fourth quarter, you know, the Bucks are playing their safeties on the goal line, mm-hmm. um, so there was a lot of open space and in, in there and stuff. But you, you know, when when I saw that Patrick Mahomes slash Eric Bieniemy slash Andy Reid like had no underneath game, and they're and they were just going to be well. This is what we did to them in the first quarter of the national televised game. And, you know, of course, they're going to do our guys are just going to beat your guys. And with that banged up offensive line, like they just hang they hung Patrick Mahomes out to dry and said, go win the game. Yeah. Don't get sacked. Run around like do your best Russell Wilson and go win the game. And that's no way to game plan for Super Bowl. It was yeah. really it was so head scratching to me because Andy Reid I respect so much and he's gonna go down as, you know, one of the best, if not the best play callers in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was uh it was quite surprising to for them not to show up 
uh, that way. I was watching the the Rich Eisen show today, and he said that was a Philadelphia Andy Reid performance that we saw. It's like your team always crumbled, and that that was his that was his thing in in Philadelphia. It's like he could get you to the AFC champ or excuse me the NFC championship mm-hmm. game he did it notoriously like five times in seven years or something yeah, like that four in and, a row yeah four in a row and only won one of those games to actually go to a super bowl uh and things like that and and, and uh, again it was the the patriots who beat McNabb and and you know the 04 uh eagles uh that year and it just like every time there was a, ma- a big stage reed and company hardly ever answered the call like i said they one time they went to one Super Bowl for all their opportunities in NFC championship games. And he finally shook that um, curse, if you will, because he makes it to an AFC championship game with Mahomes in 2018. First year as a starter, they come up short to the Patriots. You know, the Patriots have that late comeback to win the game and everything. 2019, they finally make it. They get to the Super Bowl. They win the damn thing. And so now it's almost like everyone kind of forgot the Andy Reid legacy of, of you know, yes. crumbling in in the big games and they make it all the way back. And just like most people thought they would, and then really did not show up uh, for that game. It's like everything is every, every concern. it's like everyone, like you said, everyone acknowledged the offensive line was going to be an issue, but like, but like also, like you said, everyone was also kind of blowing it off because Pat Mahomes. Yes. You know, like Patrick Mahomes was going to erase all of that, and I, <laughs> I was seeing on on my Twitter timeline. You said most of your Twitter timeline is Buck fans. Well, obviously, right. I have a lot of Bear fans uh, on mine, and <laughs> everyone's sentiment is like, "Well, this is what it would look like if Pat Mahomes was drafted by Chicago." You know, <laughs> we we don't have a, a good offensive line that would be protecting him. He'd be running all over the place, throwing lasers to guys who can't catch the ball. So. Uh, it's like, yeah, there, here's a glimpse. You just, you know, somebody wants to, like everyone wants to Photoshop Deshaun Jackson in a, Watson, excuse me, in a um, bear uniform just to, to fantasize about that happening. But, you know, put Pat Mahomes in, in a bear uniform and that's what it would look like, uh, what, what his performance on Super Bowl Sunday, running for his life, heaving it all over and, and hoping that his receivers can, can uh, make it happen for him. And, uh, you know, that's been kind of the running joke in the timeline for, for Bear fans this week, for anyone who wants to know what it would look like if Pat Mahomes was in Chicago, there it is right there. Yeah, so. I, you know, I've talked a lot, and I've I've asked, you know, some of the uh, – we've been doing our podcast for like five years. Yeah. And uh, we've gotten um, some credentials at training camp. So, you know, I've gotten to know the beat reporters for all the outlets for, you know, the, the local guys. And, uh, you know, I've been asking every time, you know, they come on our show or I see them out at an event or something, I'll be like – I said – Hey, is Pat Mahomes Pat Mahomes as in what he is now if he doesn't if he doesn't team up with Andy Reid? Like I'm not trying to like bash Pat Mahomes, but like I don't think Pat Mahomes I think he's more Josh Allen than he is Pat Mahomes if he doesn't have Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. And I can never sort of get anybody to really talk about that, but it's 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 nice to see at least Bear like like oh okay, like okay. You know, Bear fans kind of get it, <laughs> like receivers dropping balls and guys running for his life. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a team game, obviously, and I know I'm just speaking in cliches now, but again, I just can't believe like they didn't have a backup plan rather than like, you know, we got Tyreek Hill and he's really fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think they just they just thought that that week 12 was going to happen. 
all over again. Like they were they were going to be explosive, and the Bucks weren't going to be able to keep up. Mahomes and Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill were going to uh, dominate, and they were going to pepper in some uh, Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins was coming back, and and Ed, Edwards Hilaire was going to be there, and they also have Lashawn McCoy. Oh, no, actually, you guys had Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, it's somebody else coming. Yeah, Le'Veon. That's who it was. Le'Veon Bell uh, coming off the bench uh, as well. They just had so many weapons that it was going to outweigh what the offensive line couldn't do because there would just be no shortage of people that were open to uh, bail out Mahomes when whenever he got into uh, trouble, and that was proven wrong almost immediately. Uh, in the football game when he's constantly running for his life and can't get rid of the ball because he doesn't want to throw an interception to no one that's open. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun to watch. <laughs> I bet it was. And it you'll was. be proud to know, Ren, that uh, our friendship is secure. I picked Tampa Bay to win. And, Thank you. And, and that's the honest, the, honest, the God's honest truth, man. I, I was talking to a friend from work. And we were kind of going back and forth, and then he asked me about the the Super Bowl, and and, and I'll tell you, it's like I, it's hard to pick the the game because Mahomes and Brady. How do you pick against either one yeah. of those quarterbacks? And it was like for me, what it comes down to in these games, these big games, the cliche, of course, is defense wins championships, and Tampa Bay has by the the by far superior. Defense. It's like, so I'm going to go with the team that's got the better defense. I'll take Tampa Bay. Like, gun to my head, I'm taking the Bucks. It's just as great as Mahomes is, defense always, the, the great defenses always show up in these games. And uh, f- for that, that's what basically what went down. I mean, they kept the, the you guys kept the Chiefs out of the end zone on, on Sunday. It's like, who could have yeah. predicted that Nobody. was happening? Like, every score prediction that I saw, even even for the, the, the few that were picking, Tampa Bay were like 37 31 uh you know yeah. 34 to 28 or something like that they were expecting it to be a shootout like like a Madden style game whoever has the ball last is mm-hmm. going to win this game not Tampa Bay is going to go out there and uh you know rack up some decent pointage and KC is going to be in single digits when it's all said and done yeah you know my prediction was and I, I tweeted out actually Saturday and of course I got a bunch of likes um <laughs> I, I said, I, all I said was Chiefs are going to have a problem moving the ball. And that's because I thought Andy Reid was going to come out with the short passing game and run the ball. Uh, but even if you average like six yards running the ball, you know, at the end of the game, there's still like two yard runs in there and negative yard runs in there and, and runs for no, no gain. And now all of a sudden you're behind the chains. Uh, so even though you're clipping off at six yards a run, like say you get, seven on first down well that's just as like if you're going to throw the ball to kelsey or or hill like they're going to get seven minimum kind of you know so like let them run all they want like when patrick mahomes was scrambling around in the first half and he was picking up first downs i'm like okay i'm like that's fine like if patrick mahomes is going to run the ball every third down for 15 yards to pick up a first down and do it for four quarters and that's how we lose well then that's how we lose right uh so i said i said the chiefs got a problem running uh, moving the ball um, I didn't know Andy Reid was going to love to hang out to dry. Uh, and I said, Bucks win by 10 plus, like 10 or more. Mm-hmm. I just like, and, and the reason why is because all those reasons you talked about naming off all the weapons the Chiefs have, well, so do the Bucks. Yeah. But the Bucks, after the bye week, uh, realized that coming out, they're like, if we're going to have, you know, if we want to make this thing work, we're going to have to 
keep Brady upright. And that's what they did throughout the playoffs. Like Gronk had two targets in three games in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he was max protect. He was helping out on, on the other team's best pass rusher and Grady and Brady. Uh, Brady was upright, and so he could have find time to hit Mike Evans and find time to hit Chris Godwin and have a clean uniform. And it happened again in the Super Bowl. They got to him early. Besides that, he had all the time in the world, you know. And and you, how multiple the Bucks' offense is 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 just crazy because they just beat the Chiefs and they beat him by throwing to the tight ends, mostly Gronk, and with Leonard Fournette, like Evans and Godwin had two catches for 40 or three catches for like 40 yards. And one of those was 31 yards, like no Godwin and Tony Brown had a touchdown. I think it had one other touch besides that Scotty Miller was zero factor. You know, it, it's, they, they out coach the chiefs, man. They're yeah. like, they're like, like, you know, we're going to bring in an extra tackle and pretend he's Gronk and we're going to have uh, six offensive linemen and then we're going to squirt Gronk out the middle and, and make, you know, the safety stay with him and the corner nickel stay with him and you can't. And it was, you know, New England all over again. Every point that the Bucks scored came from someone who wasn't on the team last year. Yeah. Every single point. That was a point that, that uh, a lot of people made was two from Gronkowski, one from Antonio Brown, and the other one from, uh, was it Fournette that scored the other one? Fournette and our yeah. field goal kicker. Yeah. Oh, that. so even on top of it, yeah. literally everyone who scored points was not on the team yes. last year. Wow. Yes. So, I mean, I'm looking at the stats here. Um, Fournette, four catches, 46 yards as the second leading receiver on the team. Gronkowski, seven or six, six catches on seven targets, 67 yards and two touchdowns. Mike Evans, like you said, one catch for 31 yards. Chris Godwin, two catches, nine yards. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, three catches, 40 yards between the two of them. Zero we touchdowns. They were both pro bowlers last year. Yeah. So Cameron Brait had more catches than yeah. Mike Evans. That's uh, why I said tight ends. They, yeah. they sprinkled in. I thought it was going to be a Cameron Brait fournette game. I, re I thought Cameron Brait was going to have this huge game because I thought they are going to keep Gronk in like they had against Washington, against the Saints, and against Green Bay. But they switched it up a bit, and uh, you know, and and had and had Gronk go out and sort of play what I thought the position Cam Brate was going to have, which is better because Gronk is, you know, he can he stay a little more upright and he gets more yak and things like that. Uh, Cam Brate's hands are fantastic, but he he's not running away from anybody. Yeah, I mean, it was it was impressive watching the Bucks uh, do what they did uh, on Sunday. Um, how did you watch the game? Uh, it was just me. Um, you know, at the Pewtercast, we go live when it hits triple zeros in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were invited to a bunch of parties. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Cheryl, my girl was nice enough to, uh, decline for me. Um, <laughs> and she just, she's, she's like, he's not going to like, like this is his, just, like he treats us like a job. Yeah. Like, like he's not going to want to talk to anybody. And when he does, he's going to get frustrated because you don't know as much as he does. And if he misses a play because you're <laughs> asking him something, if he wants some dip, he's going to get mad at you. Like, so she went, she picked one and she went. So I was home all by myself. Okay. Um, and yeah, I sat there on my couch and I had it on the TV and I had it on my phone and I had it on my iPad so I could watch every play three times. Cause they all come in at different feeds. Yeah. Speed times. Yeah, yeah. So I got to watch every play three times, and I was—I had my, you know, I had my charcuterie board nice. with my fancy cheeses and fancy meats, and uh, my—I uh, <laughs> think I pounded like four Mountain Dews. Uh, Mountain Dew, yeah. Probably more. Uh, yeah. Um, 
and then uh yeah and i t- took notes in my little notepad and uh and that that was it so yeah not exactly the super bowl experience that everyone would like or or think is 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 something you know imagining as someone as deep in the buccaneers as me but uh i loved it so i was good i was more well good. i'm gonna be honest with you uh the next time the bears make the super bowl um i'm probably going to do something similar to that I, I am going to treat it you know like a job rather than the celebration that uh you know most people or casual fans treated the you know that's what super bowls parties are for yeah people who haven't watched a down of football will watch the super bowl they won't know a thing that's going on and for people like you and me that is the last place on earth we want to be when our yeah. team is in the game yeah so i started podcasting because i got tired of having those conversations at the bar <laughs> Like I need to find somebody who knows what they're talking about. At least, you know, like, I can I can imagine walking into like Super Bowl Fifty Five and you know some you know some five foot blonde going. So are you excited about Tom Brady? I'm like, okay, like excuse me, don't talk. To me. No habla inglés. Okay, yeah, exactly. just go like, away. Look, I'm sure you're a very sweet person. Um, the tag's still on your shirt, um, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, and I'm not one of those people where like all fans can be fans like any way you're a fan. I'm happy for you to be a fan of any team and any sport. It's just when, you know, like you said, when it when it when it it, like this is this is it, you know, like this is the last climb to the peak of Everest. Like, yeah, I don't need I'm, I'm not in the mood to play host and I don't need any tourists today. Um, I'm glad you're here. Have a good time. You know, like Animal House, where they keep bringing them over to like the nerd table. Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's like there's your group over there. Okay, like thank after the game, you know what? Me and you will connect. We'll 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 be we'll be buds. But right now, like, I need you to get away from me. Yeah, totally. I I get that one hundred percent. It's a good woman you got there. She understands and uh, didn't make it about being antisocial or you know your team is more important than me and or anything yes like yes. that god bless her for understanding that's uh yes. you got to hang on to to you got to hang on to the ones that get it so yeah. i didn't know. even see her because she left like it probably three in the afternoon by the time we finished podcasting because i think we we went, we went like almost three hours because we do nice. a live call-in show and sure you know fans from all over uh, uh, we do it through StreamYard, so it's a video chat. So we had people from Australia, and we had people from the UK, and you know, what all time these... was it in Australia by the time the game ended? Uh, it was. We didn't ask him because he called. He actually calls in a lot, um, but it was daylight there. Yeah, it was like so, Tuesday out there by yeah, that, exactly. that point. That, that, that's one of my favorite sayings. Like the world's not going to end today. It's already tomorrow in Australia. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was something like nine, eleven in the morning, or something like that with them. Uh, so, you know, we went really late and, uh, by the time I got off, she was already asleep in bed, you know, and I just touched her and woke her up and she's just like, go bucks. And that was it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy the way that I watched the game. Okay. Um, I'll hear it. I, I also was watching the game alone. I, I ordered up some Buffalo wild wings, which thankfully was delivered on time. Thank so you, it, the food was ready to go. I had, uh, I had 10, um, Asian zing. And I went with ten hickory barbecue just to give you an indication of what a I was working with. Flavor profile Asian is that appropriate anymore? I don't know, man. But that's what they call it on the menu, <laughs> so that's what I took. You know, I wanted something with a little kick to it, and I wasn't really in a 
uh, Jamaican jerk kind of mood. So I right, went yeah. with the Asian zing. Hey, man, I still just go hot. Yeah, yeah. I thought about it, you know, but I didn't want to have heartburn during the game. Good so point. Good I, um, that's, and I, uh, like you said, Mountain Dew, I have a nice little, I have a 64 ounce Hydro Flask that was filled with Mountain Dew. Nice. And, uh, and I also had a companion podcast going at the same time. Ooh, uh, okay. One of my favorite comedians, Tom Segura, has mm-hmm. a podcast with another comedian, Burt Kreischer. It's called Two Bears, One Cave. All right. Okay. And they did a live stream companion podcast with none other than Warren Sapp for the oh, game. Geez. So you got Bert Kreischer, you got Tom Segura, you got Warren Sapp. They're sitting there eating uh, like barbecue and trading stories. And, you know, it's uncensored. So Warren Sapp doesn't have to worry about keeping his tongue uh, on the NFL network or anything because he doesn't work for mm-hmm. anybody right now. And, yeah. you know, he's having a blast and it was it was a lot of fun. So I didn't really listen to a lot of Jim Nance or Tony Romo because I was, you know, Tony. listening to those guys. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's how I watched the game was that they, they made their own Super Bowl commercials uh, and everything else. So it was, it was a lot of fun to have that kind of going while I was watching the game as well. Nice. I might look for an alternate next time because the amount of times that Tony Romo tried to talk us into, well, if, if, if you think there's a chance, you know, uh, like every drive halfway through the third quarter on was like, you got to pick this up. You know, well, if there's a chance here, um, how the Chiefs are going to crawl back into this game. And I was just like, OK, Tony, like, well, I mean, this wasn't that that postseason, though, if this was last year and that I could I could kind of buy into the continuous pleas for there could be a chance because that's what the Chiefs did all the way through the Super Bowl. Yeah, last year they dug themselves deep holes against the Texans. Then again in the AFC Championship game with the Titans, and then being down ten points in the fourth quarter to the Forty ers and rattling off those three touchdowns. Okay, but they didn't do that once in this postseason, and mm-hmm. it wasn't going to happen against that defense. So, uh, yeah. So him kind of uh, making one plea after another to. <laughs> I, I don't know if he was just trying to keep viewers from leaving yeah, or, or whatever what it was, doing. but, that's what he was doing. you know, uh, it ended up having like the lowest turnout uh, ratings wise for a long time. But of course, coupled with the fact that it was the highest streamed NFL game or Super Bowl in in history, I think they said. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, uh, on, yeah. So being I can't imagine an NFL game with sort of like the storyline of of passing the torch between the goat and the kid uh bottomed out just because of the score um yeah. especially if you know anything about the game because like you said like Kansas City kind of you know Patrick Mahomes and Reed this is kind of their MO you know it's like it's like okay oh 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 wait we might lose okay we're ready now you know, halfway through the third. Okay, we're ready now. Sorry, I didn't know. I thought you guys were, you know, not going to play. But so, um, yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I streamed all of it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we yeah. cut the cable here like four years ago. Yeah, I tried to do that, and um, the one streaming service that I'd fell in love with uh, discontinued last year. Um, PlayStation View was the one that I ended up really liking because I tried, uh, you know, direct TV online or whatever the hell it's called. Now I tried Hulu. No, 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 Larry, Larry, I didn't go with, uh, I didn't try YouTube, but I I went with PlayStation view and that was the one that I liked. And then it was like, Oh yeah, 
January 2020 where we're we're pulling the plug. So I ended up going with uh, with good old fashioned cable at that. Larry, point. Larry, Larry. No, 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 no. I have I have to get you. Go get yourself a fire stick, and I'll I'll walk you through how to jailbreak it. And you'll oh, get I've to got watch. one. I need to get a new one though. The one that I have is like three, four, five, five, six years old, and it's uh, slow as hell. So I need a new one. Okay, go get a new one, and then type in jailbreak fire stick YouTube, and within a day, you can watch any movie ever made right. anytime you want, any TV show ever made anytime you want, and if you want to pay twenty bucks a month, which we do. There are streaming services that carry every live TV feed in the whole entire world. Yeah, you're, you're speaking my dad's language. That's what he does. I mean, he's <laughs> he still pays for uh, for cable, but he also has not paid for a UFC event in five years or yeah. or anything like that because mm-hmm. he's found his way to those services that will show you everything. Like he can watch movies. Well, when there still were movie theaters, but he can watch any movie that's still in the theater. He can watch it at home days after it's been released and uh, and things like that on a jailbroken fire stick. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's all about that. So, all right. Apparently you are not. So, you know, it's out. There, well, I, so. I am aware of it and I did have one for a long time and that's what I was doing. But I uh, I changed it up. What are you going to do? So, all right. All right. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. cable companies, they need the money. Sure. Yeah. So they tried. They tried to buy Disney in the nineties, but. <laughs> so I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed the game. Uh, I mean, I think probably because I was pulling for Tampa Bay, right? Because I just wanted my pick to be right. I didn't have anything against the the Chiefs, or right? it's not like that. I didn't want to see them win, or that I was rooting for Brady uh, or anything like that. I just had a feeling that Tampa Bay was going to win. And I was enjoying the game because it looks like I'm going to be right about this. So who wouldn't enjoy that? You know, like, hey, especially since nobody that I talked to would agree with me. Yeah. Like, it was like the Chiefs are going to win this game. This is, I mean, it's the Chiefs, for Christ's sake. And that's it. That's uh, what everyone you know, said. That's, yeah. That was our whole object because it's the Chiefs. Like, it's the it's the like, Chiefs. And yeah, Tom that, Brady's great, that, but it's Mahomes' time now. So I'm how like, that analysis? Like, yeah. Well, Chiefs. Well, that's like you said. It's like I started a podcast because I didn't want to have those conversations anymore. And uh, truth be told, man, that's why I have a podcast as well. You know, I and I do a solo podcast because I have trouble finding people uh, to talk to on a regular or somebody like on day to day like you with with you and Brent and everything to 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 co-host the show uh, together. I haven't been able to find uh, a co-host, but I find people like you. And Brent and, and and several others uh, like minded but s- different allegiances yeah. uh, and everything. So, that, I mean, that's one of the things I enjoy most about about doing this is having these conversations. And yeah, yeah um, it, those are always fun when you find uh, you know the super fans out there, but they're not like they're ride or die, but they're not like you know my quarterback's the best and your stinks, yeah. and my wide receivers like every position they have the best kicker and. Yeah. You know, their, their hot dogs are the best at the stadium, and you can't talk to them, and they yell at you, and it's just like, okay, like, thank you very much. I went on the Saints podcast, and the guy was wearing a crown. Oh, boy. Yeah, and he told me to come knock it off. <laughs> I went, okay. okay. I was like, well, I instantly regret this decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Giving you idiots my time. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oddly enough, he hasn't invited me back since the uh, wow, playoffs. Wow, strange. Game. That's I so know. weird. I know. I actually went to the store and bought myself a crown 
Um, so just in case, if he ever brings me back, I'll, of course, you when did. I when I click the old camera, you know, <laughs> Streamyard or whatever you know video service he's using, I'll be sitting there in my chair with my crown on. Nice. <laughs> I I haven't had anyone on the show like that. Thank God. Um, and uh, it's um, I mean. The worst was um, I used to do a podcast with a couple of friends called um, Football is America, and we it was a general football show, obviously, hence the title. And um, we would talk to different people, and we had a guy that was a, a Ravens guy on the show. Mm-hmm. Easily one of the worst interviews I've ever been a part of because he was full-blown homerism no matter what. Right. You know, trying to convince us that Joe Flacco was, was all-world. Yeah. Um, you know, and this was three, three years, three, four years removed. Like he was on his way out of right. Baltimore, still trying to convince us that he's going to lead them just because he wears a Raven uniform. He's the guy. Like, yeah. God, that was painful. That yeah. was that was awful. Like those those people are the worst kind. Like they they, they can't see the forest for the trees when it comes to their team. They're they're blinded by the colors. You yes. Know? Like he's wearing a Ravens uniform. He must be the greatest thing. Uh, at his position, you know, and then Joe Flacco was the quarterback. Twenty twelve yeah. was a long time ago, brother, and then uh, you know he hasn't done much with it since. Yeah, I can't tell them that. I mean, but why else would he be on the Ravens then? I mean, if he wasn't the best ever at his position, then why would they draft him or, right, or pick exactly. him up for free agents? Like, why is he here then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good times. Yeah, <laughs> it's. So, I mean, it's 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 good to 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 to, to love your team and and back your guys. Uh, and everything, but it, you know, people don't want to listen to that. Um, yes. They don't. They don't. They don't want to hear everything through rose-colored glasses and uh, and everything. Or the people that listen to my show, or the people that like my perspective and everything, enjoy the fact that I don't just roll over with everything that the the Bears do. That there is some critical analytical thinking when it comes uh, to what our teams do. So. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, and Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It really is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. 
Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Going forward for your guys, you know, yes. what 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 do you guys, I mean, are you just going to, do? can you run it back? Is everybody still on the hook for next year? I know you got like a, a lot of one-year deals out there. How, how mm-hmm. hard is it going to be for Light to keep this team together? Uh, well, fortunately, we have a, our capologist, and you can't call him his capologist because he gets very offended. He wears lots of hats. But Mike Greenberg uh, is our capologist, and he has never put the Bucks in a bad situation and never does. So the Bucks, the way they do contracts, it's set up for um, not sort of like these three-year runs, and then you got to blow it up and then rebuild again. Uh, he's He's all about the slow burn. So... Cap-wise, we're going to be okay. Um, now, we've got some uh, guys that are free agents the team wants to bring back, have publicly said they want to bring back. And once I say the names, and if you're familiar with them, yeah, of course, I'd, if I'd want them on my team. Uh, I think the first three, uh, like 1A, 1B, and 1C, are going to be Shaq Barrett, mm-hmm. uh, who played this year in a franchise tag, Chris Godwin, who just finished out his rookie contract, and Levante David who just finished out his oh, second contract. Those are some big names, man. Yes, exactly. They all want to come back. Uh, you can find some videos out there of drunk BA up on stage today telling them, you know, hugging them and telling them they're all coming like they ain't effing going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I saw that uh, on Instagram, actually. <laughs> but um, the organization pre-party had expressed interest. Shaq even said after the Super Bowl that I expected to get done quickly. Levante David's always said he's wanted to come back. Chris Godwin always said he's wanted to come back. And since Mike Greenberg has been here, which has been about seven, eight years now, he hasn't lost anyone that they absolutely wanted. You know, like Quan Alexander, when we lost from the 49ers, they just got outbid. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. we want you back. Here's a, and he, and his contracts are fair. Um, and he doesn't do big signing bonuses. So, and spread it out. So like, Two years down the road, if the player isn't what you expect him to be, all of a sudden you got this huge cap number. He pays you as for your talent now, and it sort of goes down that way, um, which creates a lot of room uh, later on because when you have a player like Chris Godwin and you sign him to like a five-year deal and you give him, you know, his, his uh, give him big money, like say we'll say twenty million the first two or three years. Uh, then you can, when you need money, you just give them cash and you take like, okay, we need $5 million in cap room here, Chris, here's $5 million. We take that $5 million and we put it, we spread it out over your remaining three years on your contract. But you know, that's dangerous. You've seen what happened to the saints with drew Brees, but Chris Godwin isn't going anywhere. Yeah. You know? So the only players they do that with so far has been Ali Marpet who's a, a very good guard. Um, you might have seen him 
escorting uh, Leonard Fournette to into the end zone Sunday, <laughs> uh, uh, and Mike Evans. So like those are the players that aren't going with the way he does. Um, players that I think they want back and I want back, but um, we'll we'll see. Uh, we're talking about uh, Dominic and Sue. Um, uh, interior defensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, and then you can start to add on like a B, but that's going to be about how much money he really needs in his life, right. uh, because he's going to need some soon and he might not even be eligible to play next year because all his court dates are coming up. Uh, Leonard Fournette playoff. Fenny Lenny was great. Regular season. Lenny was not so great. Uh, and we still have Ronald Jones who every Buccaneer fan thinks he is a better <laughs> running back. He just can't catch. Um, so, uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, so AB and Sue, and then behind that, um, are just, you know, some smaller players, but those are kind of like the big ones, but there are a lot of, of, of guys that, uh, you know, some of your listeners probably wouldn't know, um, that contracts are up. So they're have to do some, you know, moving and shaking and they sign like 16 guys to futures contracts the day before the parade. So, you know, they're well on the way, but to answer your question, as long as drawn out as possible, the cap room is there, and I think that uh, everybody that wants to come back will have a spot. Good. That's uh, and that's and that's a good thing to to, uh, to to know or to feel or you know have a have an instinct about because obviously the NFL is the oh and Gronk too. Yeah, Gronk. Yeah, if if Brady's back, Gronk is back. That's yeah. Gronk already said he's coming back. Yeah, they'll find a way to make that happen. And Gronk's in a great position as well because apparently he got some really good financial advice. He's been saving all of his actual football money and living off of his uh, endorsements. Uh, so as long as he's making commercials, he can play football pretty cheap. So yeah. Um, so hopefully that'll work out uh, for you guys as well. And you know, it, but but in this league, everyone wants to pick apart the champions mm-hmm. uh, and everything. And and I guess it was. Um, a good thing, especially for the Bucks to go on the run when they did, because you know it it it, it left uh, you guys um, the the opportunity to talk to your coaches like Todd Bowles and and maybe even Byron Left, which is probably like a year or two away from serious yeah. head coach uh, yeah. contention uh, talk uh, and everything. They were more focused on the playoffs and things like that than they were about finding their uh, finding their next job. So nobody's going to be picking clean the. Uh, the coaching staff to try to get a taste of uh, of what your 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 staff was able to do or the magic that it created uh, this year. And uh, if 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 guys are hell bent on coming back, then it's going to make for a very lean free agent market as far as those guys are concerned. It's it's going to have to be kind of like like you said a a Quan Alexander type thing where they just made him an offer he couldn't refuse versus wanting to come back to Tampa Bay. Yes, but now that we're winning, like fans think that that you know these like like Sue, you know, excellent businessman, have like you know his fingers in a lot of pies. He he's quickly become my like one of my favorite bucks all time. I love that guy. Really? Like oh yeah, like Don like Don could he like he's he's cultured. Like he can have a conversation about architecture. He can have a conversation about wine. He can have a conversation about food. And he can have a conversation about football. I mean, you know. The guy that I thought I was getting, the Detroit stomp on you, you know, have to go sit in Roger Goodell's office, Miami Dolphin flop, Los Angeles Ram doesn't try into the playoff, Dominican Sue is not the guy that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love him. So, like, 
you know, like like Gronk, he can take less money. You know, Fournette said he wants to come back, but you know, he's trying to rebuild his career. But but we saw, you know, the Tom Brady effect here in Tampa about even getting Gronk or even getting Fournette or even getting A B. Like like Fournette and A B together, their contract was less than four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like they're not taking that to go play for the Jets. Well, here's you know? the thing. It's kind of like the, the the Tom Brady effect that, that, that you know, like you said, uh, before this year was called the Patriot effect. Yes. Like yes. guys would take less for a chance to play Ring for chase. a championship in New England with Belichick and with Brady and, and have a really great shot at doing it uh, as well just because, you know, the Patriots dominated the AFC for so long uh, and everything. And now that Brady has moved over uh, to Tampa Bay – and proven that he can win without Belichick, which for me, I can't deny Brady the the title of greatest of all time anymore. Because how, how can you? Well, I mean, that was the the comp, that was my that was my caveat. The last, if the you last will. thing you were hanging that was on the last to? thing I was hanging on to was I, I've, but be, well because I still believe that guys like um, that Rodgers and Manning are better quarterbacks, but. You more can't, talented. Yeah, you, more, more talented, yeah. But you can't deny what the guy has done. And now that he's done it without Belichick, that was the last, you know, that was the last arrow in my quiver, man. I, I, and I got nothing now because <laughs> he went ahead and did it with a bunch of guys that he hadn't played with before aside from, from Gronkowski uh, with a coach he'd never worked with before in a pandemic year where they basically had no preparation going into the season. And they suffered their lumps early on, including a loss to my beloved Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. And, you know, that seven and five before the bye week, people were, were jumping out of the ship, man, after they lost to Kansas City the way that they did. They were. Uh, and everything. They're, you know, they they're going into the bye. Three. Yeah. Just gone one and three in those four games. And, and here they are. They're going into the bye. They're wounded. They're kind of limping into this, this bye week against the, the best team in the NFL. And they got run off their own field uh, in that game and can't have that. So, so uh, you know, I guess Brady and, and the Bucks aren't really going to be who, who we thought they were uh, and everything. And then they come back from the bye, nobody believing them, and, and like a bat out of hell. The next thing you know, they rattle off the last four or five wins of the regular season, go into the – as a legit wild card team for the first time in, what, 10 years? A wild card team runs the table and wins the – the Super Bowl, but in each one of those games, they look like the best team in, in, in football while they were doing it. The end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, yeah. yeah. I mean, and yeah. the only game that made me nervous in the playoffs was actually that first game against Washington. Me too. You know, the, the, with, that, with the way that, that kid Heineke or Heineke or however they pronounce his last name, um, you know, fighting the way he did. When he scored that one touchdown, where he dove and hit the yeah. ball with the, the pylon, the pylon with the ball and everything is like, I almost jumped out of my chair. I'm sitting here on my, you know, my lazy boy watching the game. I'm like, Whoa, what a freaking play that kid yeah. made. I thought that the, the bucks might be in trouble after that. Cause you know, they've, they've run into somebody who's not going to give up and you know, they just kind of outlasted Washington in that game. Yeah. That, that, that kid, you know, just earned him like $9 million. I yeah. don't know if you he saw a yeah. deal today. Yeah. Yeah. I saw someone tweet like 60 passes in the NFL and I have generational money. Huh, weird. Uh, but uh I mean, it was that's a, that was all on, all on guts, man. Like yeah. that was one of the gutsiest performances that I saw 
Um, you know, and it was he basically had it was the Patrick Mahomes game all over again, except the Bucks were playing a soft zone, uh, and there was no Devin White. Uh, it shouldn't make that much of a difference, but the Bucks, but Todd Bowles was was playing his soft zone because basically they said, like, we're gonna make you sort of dink and dunk it down the field. Uh, we're gonna make this kid do it because at the end, I think we have the horses to beat it. it like they didn't, they didn't want to. It was kind of like we don't want to really show anything. We don't want to show our cover two. We don't want, you know, we're still going to play single high. Like there was all these. It was the Saints Chiefs defense, that, and it wasn't the defense that they were playing the four weeks going into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least, you know, as a fan, it was the toughest game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't, and it's really weird. After the bye week, you know, we're we're as a, as a team, you know, as, as a fan of the team, we're praying for these changes. Like, where's the motion? Like, you know, like you know, like where's the extra blocker? Like, where's the creativity on offense? Like, where's not running the ball on first down every time? And where's not throwing the ball thirty yards down the field on third and two every time? Uh, <laughs> and where's like, can the soft zone please go away? I mean, like when you draft all these corners, you're like they're big, long press man corners. Let them play. Uh, and they started to do that. Todd Bowles came out of the bye week, and he played uh, cover two. Um, and uh, he's played the most – because he's a single high safety guy. Like, that's his base. He, he's played the most cover two in, in the stretch since the bye week than he's ever played in his whole entire career. But he played man-mesh concepts underneath and let those guys bump and run. Um, and, of course, the competition was down because we played Atlanta twice, Detroit, and the Vikings. Um, so – it, it was much easier go than Rams Saints um, Chiefs, obviously. Yeah. So it it and then they started to run, and I'm like, okay, everything is working. And then Tom started to click a little bit, and Gronk started to show up, you know, and uh, and A B started to play the way that like Pittsburgh A B, not like I haven't played football in a year A B. Uh, and I'm going, okay, like, okay, like, all we need is a fifth seed. That's all I want. And we got it, and we got to play the the Washington football team. And they gave us a much better game than I thought, but I was never afraid. Yeah. And then when we played the Saints, I'm like, if Todd Bowles does what he's been doing since the bye week, we will beat the Saints. Except instead of having your safeties 15 yards back, you can just make it at 11 because ta- Breeze can't throw it past 11 yards. Right. So, and – you know, they the defense showed up, created a lot of turnovers. Then we go into Green Bay, and I don't know if Bear fans remember or even care, but like the Bucks beat the uh, the Packers like in Week Four, like thirty three to three or, or something, thirty to three. Like yeah, I, I enjoyed that immensely. Yes, yeah, like they boat raced them. So, um, and then again with this new defense and the new style, sort of like the offense was going and not being predictable, doing some motion, you know, creating a little eye candy and confusion uh, pre-snap. I was like, I like, you know, this could, you know, could be that whoever gets the ball last wins. But this is, but like, I have, I'm not, we're not going to get blown out. This offense will keep us in games now. Yeah. Uh, no matter how it goes. So I wasn't, you know, I was never like biting, like, oh, we need this, biting my nails in, in the Green Bay game. And then when the Chiefs game rolled around, it took me two weeks to get there. But again, I was just like, like, they're not, like, what the Chiefs do well, they can't. And it's not their fault. It's their offensive line. It's just injuries. Like, they just can't do it. Like, you, you can't. You can't have Tyreek run over routes. You're not going to have the time. Yeah. You know, 
Chad Bowles is going to make sure you're not going to have the time. And if you don't have the time with four, if that works, then you're in real serious trouble. And not only did, did that happen, but they didn't have the they didn't have the counterpunch. It was just keep running, Tyreek. You know. Yeah. So. It, you know, I've been pretty relaxed since, like, the Vikings game. <laughs> it's just been a <laughs> bunch of crappy teams. Uh, you know, no offense to those fans. and uh, Not Tier 1 teams, I'll say. And then just the way seeing the team come together and, and knowing that Tom Brady's not going to throw three interceptions, even though he did. Uh, <laughs> and, and, yeah, it was. it's just been – it's been kind of a coast. I've mm-hmm. just been – I feel like a Patriots fan, you know? <laughs> like, I'm telling you, man, like – I did a show during our bye week where the rest of the league had five games left, and I mapped out how the Bucks were going to get the fifth place and then how they were going to go to the Super Bowl. And everything came true except uh, the Seattle, Seattle and Arizona, I think, lost. Like Seattle ended up losing to the Jets, and somebody lost to the, to the Giants instead of other games that I had picked. But it all just worked out that way, and we swept the table, and here we are, and you know, now I'm the smartest fan in the whole entire world because I called it, you know, nine weeks ago. And yeah. everything's good, man. You ever a wrestling fan? When I was very young. I'm I'm almost 50, so we're talking like okay. Dusty Rhodes, Tommy Wildfire Rich, Blackjack Mulligan. Oh, yeah. Jake All the Snake Roberts. Florida guys, w- too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what it was. It was Florida Championship Wrestling. When it went, when it went sort of to the WWE and mm-hmm. sort of the Hulk Hogan Starting that, I, I was out of it. So like like I missed all the rock and Steve Austin okay. and whatever whoever what they're doing now, I have no idea, but oh, I was yeah. out by then. I, well I I bailed on it a long time ago as well. I was a big I was big into it when I was a kid, but I was an eighties kid. So it was Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and uh, you know yeah, the Macho Flair. Man and, and, and yep. all those guys. And, you know, WrestleMania three and in the in the Silver Dome and the, the big body slam heard around the world and and all that, and then I kind of let it go in middle school and high school, and then when I got into uh, college, that's when the Attitude Era started, and the NWO on the WCW side, and then Stone Cold and the and the Rock. And you were saying like you felt like the the smartest fan in the world because you you said all along what was going to happen. I did that one year with um, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and the Rock in was it WrestleMania seventeen. I said that that Austin was going to join forces with Vince McMahon and turn heel, and nobody believed me. And sure Those enough, fools. Yes, fools, <laughs> all of them, because that's exactly what happened. He you want to talk to me? I'll be on my throne for smart people. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. I mean, my my buddies were freaking out because I told them what was going to happen, and it happened to the T, the way that it went down. And I told them like six weeks ahead of time, and it was just like. There you go. You can all call me Sire, if you will. Um, you know, Mr. Dyer is, is acceptable as well. So <laughs> just so long as there's some kind of distinguishment in the name. Or just bring tribute. Me. Bring yeah. some tribute. All right, Ren. So we'll go ahead and, and wrap this up. I appreciate you taking out the uh, the time to, uh, to talk about this uh, with me. I just kind of wanted to flesh out, you know, what, what the – what the summit feels like, especially for a team like like Tampa Bay that has suffered, you know, uh, you know, over the years uh, as much, if not more, uh, than the Bears have, or at least recently, uh, in between their Super Bowl uh, trips uh, and everything, to 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 hit the lowest of lows and have the number one pick because you went two and fourteen uh, 
the year before to get to uh, this point. And being a fan like you and I are, sticking with our teams regardless of the outcome of their season to, uh, as, as Eddie Vedder says in, in the song that he wrote for the Cubs, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be um, – and I'll know that I was right to, to back this team uh, kind of thing, just to kind of paraphrase what he said. You know, like I'll be celebrating because I knew that I was right. And, you know, to, to be a Bucks fan after all the Bucks have been through from the beginning of their history all the way up through now, to be on the top of the summit, to know that you were right to back this team, it's got to feel pretty good. It it does, and I, I I won't mind saying that there were times on my podcast that I demanded uh, Chris Ford, who was the uh, COO of the team, uh, that he owed me a public apology um, <laughs> for like spending money on this team, like yeah. you know the trash that they put out there uh, for for you know years, you know like we talk about it's been thirteen years since they made the playoffs, you know like the Bucks went eleven and five this year. You know how many times the Bucks have gone eleven and five or better? Tell me. Three. Three, three times. Yeah. Other. Three other times. This is their fourth time. Wow. Ever. Eleven games. Well, weren't they That's were they were they eleven and five or twelve and four in in O two? They went twelve and four. Twelve and four. Yeah. So not one game better than what they did this year. Yeah. So, you know, they went when Cutters I think first year, maybe his second year. Um, you know, they went nine and seven and missed the playoffs. So like we were going to throw them a parade because, you know, like continuity with Jameis and here we go. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's everything that you, that you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, it's just really good. And, you know, I just want, you know, for you to know that you should let Alan Robinson know that there's no state tax down here <laughs> and we have Tom Brady. Right. Well, you know what? Uh, his agent, I don't follow him on Twitter, but I saw some of his comments uh, when referring to Pat Mahomes. Like, oh, yeah, it looks like he needs a big-bodied receiver with a good catch <laughs> radius and everything. And, and I was like, you know what? I love Allen Robinson, but um, he does not deserve the money that he's going to demand uh, on the market because um, somebody who's supposed to make $20 million a year is supposed to make $20 million a year catches, and Allen Robinson doesn't do that. So, I mean, it it made me laugh out loud when PFF came out with the Allen Robinson was number one in the league in contested catches. It's like, I find that staggeringly hard to believe because and- I saw on a handful of occasions contested catches go to the defense against Allen Robinson. <laughs> like, literally defense. ripped them out of his hands. It's like, so... You know, and it was saying like, oh, yeah, he only dropped one contested catch. It's like, what? So I, I guess having it ripped out of your hands doesn't count as a drop as far mm-hmm. as PFF is concerned. But, you know, it's like I do want the Bears to resign him. I do want him to come back. But I want him to be realistic about who he is and what his price tag should be. Um, and wanting 20-plus million a season, he's not that guy. He should be happy with 18. It's a $4 million a year raise. And – uh you know, suit up and, and get it done with whoever our next quarterback is going to be. Well, he can play for five down here, be wide receiver four. <laughs> there you go. I'm telling you, no state tax. It's like six. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that's, that's uh, yeah. So like you said, you, I wonder how many guys will, will do that this year. Like how many well, will take the, like the league minimum or the veteran minimum for a chance to play with Tom Brady and maybe a, a championship down with, with the Buccaneers. 
Well, we had three this year, and they all scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It really is. And it's going to be really weird as a fan and even as a podcaster. Uh, you know, it took me a while um, to under, like to sort of shift my mood um, mm-hmm. as coming on after these wins as a Buccaneer because it'd be like, yeah, great win. Oh, yeah. But you see this guy missed his tackle because that's what I was so used to doing. Right. Because it was like, OK, we lost. You know why? Because this guy missed his tackle and this kick like and I started and I had to realize that, you know what, you just won like your team has put up, just put up 40 points, you know, and you, they just put up 30 points for like, Oh, by the way, the ninth time this season, like you might want to back off Chris Godwin's route running. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, how about you start praising some of these things you're seeing instead of finding the two plays that he screwed up and, and emphasizing those, uh, because of so many years, those two plays were the reasons why we lost. Uh, now they're just kind of reasons why we don't get first down. So yeah, right. it's 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 different, but you'll love it. I look forward to it. You know, I mean, we had a taste of it in 2018, where we had this all-world defense, we had this this cast of characters that hadn't played together before, but seemed to gel with Gabriel and Trey Burton and Allen Robinson being in year one uh, with the Bears uh, that year, Trubisky. In that first year with the system, with with Nagy and everything, we go twelve and four. Uh, Khalil Mack playing like the beast we traded for him to be, and mm-hmm. uh, and all that kind of stuff, and then just barely losing that uh, that Eagles game with the double doink and everything that every Bear fan still has nightmares about. Um, and then in twenty nineteen, it was just like, well, the defense is still awesome, but that's about it. Um, you know, it just it, it just didn't work out. All of a sudden, the offensive line couldn't block. They couldn't stop with the penalties. And defense, as good as they were, couldn't stop shooting themselves in the foot. Holding penalty on third and third and 12, the you know, five-yard holding penalty means automatic first down. We'll be just giving away possessions uh, and things like that. And then we just did it all over again this year and had a really awesome six-game losing streak right in the middle of it all. And if not for the NFL adding a seventh playoff team to each conference, we're at home watching the wild card round as opposed to taking part in it uh, this year. So uh, it's it's I, I look forward to to being able to not have yeah but victories uh, with the Bears. You know, yes. like yeah, we won, but holy hell, were we lucky uh, to win the game because. Uh, that that's all 2019 was. There was there were so many yeah but victories like when we beat Denver last year. If not for a bogus uh, roughing the passer call on Denver, we don't get the extra yardage on that last drive to get into field goal range, and uh, you know things like that. It, it was there were only like really like two really solid wins out of the eight we got last year in 2019, and in this year in 2020. We, 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 we stacked our wins early and then stumbled out of the blocks. Like we, when we beat the Bucks on Thursday night football, that made us four and one. We beat Carolina the week after to make us five and one. And then we lost six straight. And we basically went two months without a victory because we had a bye week in the middle of it there. Oh, and yeah. each, each victory, or excuse me, each loss was worse than the one before it. Like we just kept finding ways to kind of stack the crap up. Uh, on top of each other uh, as as it went along. It was just an incredibly difficult season to to go through. And then we we stack up these wins at the bottom, beating Minnesota, beating Jacksonville, beating a 
a completely decimated Houston roster, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and those were the other three wins that we got to make it to the playoffs and, you know, embarrass ourselves on television against the, the Saints in the wild card round. It was, you know, not how, not how you want your team to, to play on that stage. So hopefully that will come along so I can get rid of the, the pessimism even when we win. You know, because we didn't yeah. look good at times and when we won games and things like that. It's uh, I would like to not be that guy anymore. So hopefully that I day is I think that was the soon. best way to put it when I was trying to explain how I was picking on the winning. It's the yeah, but I had I had to put that away in a drawer. And it's fun. So I hope you get to, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> not so much. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. The I funny hope, thing I is, hope, man. I hope we beat you every year in the NFC Championship game. I, I know I would I would enjoy the worst that we do is making it to the AFC, NFC championship game that then, you know, that that would not be the worst thing in the world. You know, losing it over and over would suck monumentally. But to have a shot at the Super Bowl every single year, that wouldn't suck. So and you, you know what? After 10 years in a row and the Buck wins the Super Bowl the next 10 years, when Brady finally retires, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one started. No one's thrown a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl at age fifty. Yeah, Tom Brady goes for that tonight. Yeah. Uh, after you know a, a ten-year streak here that the Bucks have just started, um, I will come on your show and, and openly campaign for us to lose to you in that eleventh <laughs> NFC Championship game. All right, I'll I'll put that on my calendar. Yes, mark now. it down. So what? <laughs> uh, down. What January of uh, twenty thirty-two? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll make that happen and have that discussion. I mean, we might be talking to each other again very soon because the, you know, the defending champs open up the season on Thursday night football. And one of the teams that visits you guys next year is the Chicago bears. And, um, we're kind of like the best candidate out of the home games that you have to, um, to be that team for you because they, they, the NFL kind of likes to give the champs. A game that is lamb. winnable, yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know that the Bears. See, that's not what happened to the Bucks because we had to go open the vet mm. on the road. We yeah. won, but we had to go open the new vet with Sylvester Stallone wearing that Deuce Daily jersey. Right, I remember like, that. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't go to the White House. We didn't go in the White House this time. Like last time we went to the Super Bowl, there was no week break. Like the Sunday after the NFC Championship game, the game was played. And this year it's COVID; no one got to watch it. Yeah. So it, it does. Those things don't work out. I mean, you know, I want to talk to you again as soon as possible, but I mean, you know, they're gonna, they're, you know, they're gonna play. I think we play the Chiefs next year, so like, you know, it'll be rematch of the Super Bowl in Kansas City. Like, so. Actually, you guys have the. Actually, I was listening to the Rich Eisen show today, and that's what they were talking about was candidates for who could play the uh, first game of the year against the Bucks, and they were thinking that, well, the, the, you guys play the Patriots next year. It's like, but it's in Foxborough. Uh, so, well, there like you go. The, they'll they'll the, do that to us. Yeah, the home games are... And please do. Just yeah, piss I think Brady the, off right out of the gate. I think the home games are they're the Dolphins and the, and the Bills, so Bills would be, would be a candidate, but I think that would be a little bit too much of a marquee matchup right. to to burn week one yeah, uh, on that on you. that game and you guys play the nfc east and i think the cowboys are a road game so that kind of eliminates them so who wants to play 
who wants a wild card rematch with the Washington football team or whatever they may or may not be calling themselves uh, by next year. It's like the Bears are kind of sticking out as, uh, you know, A, obviously the Bears following and everything, so that's going to draw TV numbers and the world champs kicking off the season. It, it sounds like a very good possibility that could happen. All right, and I'll see you then. All I'll right. Write that down too. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be in touch with Ren from the Pewtercast, possibly – a week one preview for 2021 if the NFL schedulers see to it. Ren, thanks so much, yeah. man. This was a lot of fun. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Yeah, anytime. Uh, I love coming on your show. I love talking into knowledgeable football fans, uh, especially like we talked about earlier. I don't know if it's going to make the pot or not, but uh, not so much the ride-or-die fans, uh, logical fans, fans that love their <laughs> team but understand where they're at in the football right. universe. Uh, so it's always a it's always a pleasure coming on and, and talking uh, bears and bucks with you. Awesome. As always, want to thank my guest Ren Dax from the Pewtercast uh, for being on the show. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation and, and, and just talking about the the game in general. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a good time. I, I look forward to uh, having him back on the show during the uh, during the season again when the Bears and the Bucks play, whenever that uh, may turn out to uh, to be. And uh, maybe week one uh, for the, you know, to, for the kickoff to the 2021 season with the defending uh, world champs and uh, or whenever the NFL schedulers. Uh, put it together so that the Bears and uh, Brady uh, have a rematch uh, next season. So um, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the schedule coming out. Just looking forward to doing shows, man. Like I said, I I, I took the, the playoffs off, you know, just to kind of relax and, and take a break from from the podcast. Um, you know, it was a rough year, 2020, the, the ups and downs, the roller coasters, the you know, the, sometimes the embarrassing play um, uh, and everything it just um, was was turning into more of a, a of a cynic and, uh, you know, the, the yeah, but type victories that we had at times uh, this year and uh, and things like that. And just the overall aggravation uh, with the offense and the play calling and uh, things that seem so obvious to everyone. Uh, except Nagy and company and, uh, and and all that nonsense. So uh, I was glad to take a break and, and get away from that and to be able to chill and relax and just enjoy football in general, which was difficult to do uh, at times uh, when the Bears were playing. So um, hopefully we, uh, we'll, we'll come back this year. And, and um, honestly, expectations are probably not going to be very high. I don't want to say low. But, uh, you know, probably somewhere, I mean, even before we've made one move for the offseason, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, probably another 8-8 eight eight, uh, season or something uh, like that. I mean, I, I have no idea what the Bears are going to do with the quarterback situation because in the four weeks of the Bears being in their offseason, we've been after four different quarterbacks, rumored, allegedly, or, or what have you. And then a fifth just emerged this week. You know, like first it was Deshaun Watson, then it was um, before there was one before Carson went Stafford. There's Matt Stafford. First it was Deshaun Watson, then it was Matt Stafford, then it was uh, Carson Wentz, then it was um, oh boy, there was a fourth one. 
And then Russell Wilson, you know, kind of became the rumor. Now, oh, Derek Carr was the one from two weeks ago. So two weeks ago it was Carr. Last week it was Wentz. And now this week it's Russell Wilson. So it's just, uh, you know, kind of bouncing all over the place. And, um, you know, a couple over the weekend before the Super Bowl, or the it was a close to a deal, and the Bears seemed to be the leader in the clubhouse as far as having the best deal available. And then it just seems like everybody's gone back to their respective corners. No move has been made, and 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 what's going on there? Uh, there is also still the draft where Pace might make a move, move up the board or something. Uh, like that so it's like for anyone who's scared to death like I am about what Pace may or may not do with with our assets to get a quarterback that we so desperately need we might be biting our nails and shaking in our boots until late April when the draft rolls around because we're not out of the woods until the draft is over with it just you know something's going to happen between now and then and we'll we'll see what it is and and I'm not sitting here waiting with bated breath and very excited about what the move is going to be I mean I'll be excited about who our new quarterback is and um, you know the fact that we've made a decision and we can all move on the relief that it will be over with and I'm sure I will also most likely hate the compensation that we gave up in order to make the move whatever it is so uh, I will carry that pessimism with me throughout uh, the off season. So anyway, that's going to wrap it up, guys. Um, I am not sure when I'll be back. This was just kind of a spur of the moment thing. I reached out to Ren uh, on Tuesday we, and we recorded it on Wednesday so that I could drop this one for you guys uh, on Friday. And, um, you know, so enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your first football free weekend. Blah. And uh, the many that will come, I'm frankly very much looking forward to when my alma mater, Western Illinois, and the, the 1AA teams uh, start playing their football to see if that's on, on television uh, on the weekend. So maybe I can get in a little football uh, before, uh, before the pros get back at it uh, again. So um, anyway, keep your eyes out on, on the Twitters and the Facebooks, uh, and uh, to, so I'll let you guys know. Uh, if and when a new episode uh, is coming out, uh, feel free to pitch me your ideas for episodes, whether they be Bears related, football related, or and off the subject. Because you saw you guys that uh, we did one of those last year, or did we a couple of them? Uh, you know, the, my buddy and I, uh, Ryan Simmons, did the top ten favorite sports movies and and things like that. So if you got any of those ideas, feel free to throw them at me. Btu un- underscore b- beat at btu underscore larry uh on twitter and uh just search uh bears talk underground on facebook join the group throw me your suggestions and uh we'll see what we can do so anyway uh in in enjoy the non-football life the vast wasteland as i like to call it that is the nfl offseason and uh keep your heads up guys it'll be over before you know it um and uh keep your eyes out for the next episode whenever that may be and until then my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Amen.